Welcome yes. to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. I'm Butch. I'm Jolly Paul. Welcome to episode 109. We have been to Disney Plus to watch Prey. In our Summer to Scream about, we are going to be talking all things Fright Fest and the full lineup. Also, not only that, we have our movie from the vault, which I picked, Doom Asylum. How you doing, guys? Yeah. Fucking agreed, man. <laughs> all good. In the hood. So what you boys been up to? I've been on Alton Towers. Well, I've been on holiday. And I took the kids to Alton Towers. And I got to do the old uh, Wicker Man, which is their new ride, I think. Quite, I loved the theme. Loved the theme of it. Um, it's a rickety old, uh, rickety wooden roller coaster. Fucking flies, man. But the uh, sort of pageantry... I will go. I will say beforehand and stuff like that to get in was quite good. Uh, the way they get you it all stuff you in a, a little hole, and then they just like have like um, this voiceover describing what it is, and then this big fucking creature comes and creep, freaks you out before you get on the ride. It's pretty good, and like the design of it. And were there any boobs? Were there any what? Boobs? No, no boobs. No boobs in no. this wicked man. Not the real wicker man, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he, he was the only boob there. Yeah, I was the boob. <laughs> but it's good crack, man. Yeah. Um, watched, been watching some stuff as well. I've still managed to get like Sandman came out the other day. That dropped on Netflix. Um, so um, me and Sophie uh, sat down and watched uh, four episodes of it. Uh, yeah. I know. Got through four episodes. Four episodes after watching after watching Prey as well. So. Very, very impressive it so far. It's fucking, it looks gorgeous. And it's, yeah, it's quite creepy. There's some quite creepy bits. You've got the hell. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it at the moment. It's, cool. it's a cool little TV series. Oh, not little, it's fucking huge. But that's it, the Sandman. That's all I can watch. I'm, I'm thinking about watching Sabrina. I've heard some good things about it. It's not, has it not been cancelled now, though? It's finished. No, it's done. Like, it, ended, oh, right, okay. it like tied it up in a nice little bow. And it, you know, so it's got an ending. So I'm like, well, so it's got an ending. I might watch it. Cool. Yeah, there we go. That's me, Jordy Paul. Well, uh, I'll start off with a couple of films I did watch. I watched Misery. Uh, that was on, and I, I think you guys were a bit harsh with it on the podcast. If I'm honest with your your score, so I uh, <laughs> love that. Um, I was sitting doing a massive jigsaw, and after Misery straight away came on Disturbia. So. <laughs> Starring Shia LaBeouf. Um, that's, the, that that's the remake of the rear of Rear Window, isn't it? Effectively, well, it's sort of based on the idea, yeah. So, um, which was it was all right, a bit bland, but it was all right. And then I completed my homework assignment from the last podcast, lads. So oh. I watched Ready or Not. Ooh, what do you think? And I was thoroughly impressed with it. Oh, good. Wowza, that was some violent film. <laughs> and do you know what, right? I was like, obviously it keeps you going and it keeps you going to the, to the end. And I thought, they're really going to get to the end and it's just going to be like nothing happens and they're all just a bunch of idiots. And then when they just started, spoilers, blowing up, it was brilliant. I just thought it was really good. It was really, really well done. Um, yeah, so thanks for recommending that one. I'm so sorry it took me so long to watch it, but it was great. So, yeah, that's the three I sort of watched. It's good. It's, it's uh, funny as well, isn't it? It's, it's what I quite liked. 
Yeah, well, so, the last line had me in stitches because obviously someone who's lived with their in-laws for about five years, <laughs> uh, the last line is fucking in-laws, and I was like, yep. <laughs> uh, now you watch that, you probably want to give uh, Satanic Panic a, a watch. That's on Amazon Prime. That's uh, that's worth a watch. That's good. Well. That's really good, yeah. Is that my? Uh, is this going to be a new segment of the podcast? Is it Paul's homework? It looks like it's going to be, mate. That looks like that's what it's become. <laughs> So Satanic Panic this week. I'll, right, okay, I'll watch that for the next po- po- podcast. Got some really good lines in it. Mm. It has cool. indeed. But yeah, that was it, mate. Cool. Matt, go on, dude. What have you been up to? Um, I finally watched, I've been catching up on the boys a bit, I finally got to the episode Herogasm, <laughs> <laughs> which was fucking, I, just when I thought they couldn't get even more fucked up, man. It's just like, yeah, took it to another you need to level. Read, you need to read the comic, mate. If you think the episode was bad, you should read the comic. Oh, my God. It's depraved. Oh, my God. I like I like the scene, the return of Termite Man, though. <laughs> well, no more Termite Man. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers, yeah. Um, not on really a horror note, but I went and saw Alvis at the cinema. That was bloody. Oh, yeah. Any good? Brilliant. Absolutely loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, again, not really on the horror front, but you could say this is horror esque. I watched the, um, I started watching the Woodstock um, documentary, um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty messed up how crazy that place went. It was like when they brought Woodstock back in the nineties, when it's ninety nine, and all the shit that happened behind the scenes and everything. It was just a riot by the end of it, but that was that was quite interesting. Yeah, no, mate, it's a fucking good doc, man. It's a yeah. really good doc. It's only like it's, three parts, isn't it? Yeah, because it's our era, and like you know, the the sort of way they they sort of explore a little bit into like corn, like Limp Biscuit yeah, and stuff, like that. and the fucking crowd, man, to corn and Limp Biscuit is just insane. Yeah. And, and with what's going on as well at the same time, it gets dark. It's just like it's dark. just like that typical era of like jock rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, new metal jock rock. Mm. Yeah, fuck yeah, man! Anyway. Get some titties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's all I got up to really. Um, yeah, so I do want to start watching the Sandman when I get when I get a chance because I've heard lots about it. Fabulous. Right, let's get on to some news and Matt. Let's go to Geordie Paul. Bring it. Okay, so I'm probably going to steal some of your news here. I've got loads. Yeah, but so, uh, <laughs> First off, trailer dropped for Pearl, which is the prequel to X. Mm. So I was a bit dubious thinking, does this film really need to be made? And, you know, like, I thought it was a bit of a, is it going to just be a bit shit compared to X? Wowee, the trailer looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. That looks really well. It looks better than X. I know. <laughs> but, yeah, uh I'm fucking buzzing really to see good. it. I'm buzzing to see what they did. And you think they filmed it in two weeks or something like that? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, I, I, and it looks like it's going to be a real companion piece as well to, to uh, X, which you know, which is obviously uh, one of the fears from the previous year. So yeah, no, uh, that looks really good. Uh, I watched um, a trailer, which I don't know if it's going to get. A, it might just be a director streaming, or it might get a theatrical. But it's not out until September. Called the Harbinger. That's uh, on the Friday at uh, Fright Fest. Oh, is it? Oh, mm. all right. 
<laughs> well, I will maybe leave that there. Keep then. your mouth <laughs> shut, young man. <laughs> uh, I definitely, maybe want to go through. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a new film announced. Obviously, Black Phone's been ripping over the box office, and there's a new film uh, from Scott Derrickson produce producing, and it's from and he's the directors are from you know the wretched. You did that yeah, podcast? We loved yeah. That. yeah, we loved it. Sounds good. So Derrickson's producing it, they're directing it, it's called Room 428, and all. It's, there's no plot, it just says a supernatural horror film, so that one's one to look out for in the future. Mm. Oh. Um, Insidious 5, I need to check because I didn't think there was four Insidiouses, so Insidious 5, it's going to be uh, Rose Byrne is back yeah. from the first one, uh, alongside Patrick Wilson, so we'll see what that's all about. Um James Wan news. I know much his love James Wan. Uh, him and his wife obviously did uh, wrote Malignant, and they have come up with a new story called Cosmetic. And I'll just read a bit of blurb because it sounds quite cool. So the the beauty industry colliding with body horror in a supernatural film based in a girl's deadly desire for perfection. So obviously, uh, Malignant was quite cool. So I'll see what they do with that. And then last bit of news, um, there's a couple of stills or pictures coming out from uh, Russell Crowe horror film called The Pope's Exorcist. The what? The Pope's Exorcist. The Pope's Exorcist, yes. Um, so basically Russell Crowe stars as a, it's based on a true story about a real black priest called Gabriel Amorth. And he was basically the Vatican's head exorcist. And he did over 100,000 exorcisms in real, exorcisms in real life. Mm. So it's based on his. So I don't know. There was just a couple of stills from that. Sounds um, quite big. Uh, sounds, uh, sounds big. Was it, guys? Okay, cool. I got a little bit. A uh, bit of news from uh, Pam Greer. Remember Pam Greer from Jackie Brown? Jackie Brown. She is going to be in a new zombie zombie horror movie set in the 90s. Uh, nuclear zombie apocalypse uh, will be leashed in uh, upcoming horror movie As We Know It. Um, set in Los Angeles in the late 90s, a comedy horror romance movie follows a struggling writer named James Bishop who is dealing with a messy breakup with the help of his best friend while trying to finish his latest book before the impending apocalypse. I don't know, a little comedy horror zombie pick with Bam Greer. Why not, eh? That was pretty much my uh, my news. Cool. Matt? I've, I've got a little bit, yeah. Um, Funko. Bringing out the new range of Stranger Things pop vinyl. You seen these guys? There's a uh, lot. Yes. Yeah, there's quite a few. Vecna there's, looks there's, cool. Yeah, Vecna. You've got you've got Argyle, Robin, Eleven, Vecna, Mike, Steve, along with some the um, demo bats as well. They're releasing that one, and uh, they've got Argyle with his Surfer uh, Boy Pizza van. That's pretty cool. Thought that was they look pretty good. Um, the only other bit I've got, a uh, bit of news I've got, is VHS 99. World to world premiere in Tiff's Midnight Madness program alongside Ty West's Pearl. This is in America. So uh, the Toronto International Film Festival uh, is one of the most prestigious in the world. And where Incendia Sites announced today that Shudder and Studio 71's bloody disgusting produced VHS 99 will have its world premiere as part of the Midnight Madness program. So that looks pretty crazy. Oh, we got Scare Package 2 and they got VHS 99. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, but that's all the news <laughs> I've got, unfortunately. But yeah. Hail Ratma. Hail Ratma. 
All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> that's all the news we've got. Let's move on and talk about our main review. Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. Maui, Nita. Okay, so this week um, we had a bit of a treat. So uh, Disney Plus dropped a bit of a bombshell and uh, released the film Prey, which is a Predator prequel. So um, a a brief synopsis. The origin story of the Predator in the world of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. Naru, a skilled female warrior, fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved predators to land on Earth. So, gents, what did we think of this one? Wow. Unfucking believable. Literally, this is what I've been waiting for. Like, everything about this movie for me was perfect. Absolutely loved it. Butch? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know why. Um, I'm looking forward to discussing it. But I am very much on the on the side of enjoying this bad boy. And I don't know, I don't know why there was maybe it, was, it took about half an hour to get going, but I, I love the character development of it in the first, the first part and like the way it moved on, like the, like the sort of the, the way it sort of moved up the gravitas. I don't know. It's, it fucking hit a note with me. Defo fucking loved it. Jordy Paul. Yeah, that was brilliant. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I fully expected to hate this, by the way, <laughs> I burned so many times with predator films. Just completely missing the point, and uh, I thought this one was an absolute triumph. To be fair, yeah, man. If I had fucking notes of the the first one, um, like subtle, very subtle, and like um, I don't know. I just like the fucking predator, man. I thought the predator was fucking cool. Obviously, we know from watching the pantheon of the fucking movies that there's several, you know, different. Uh, there's some different predators, so they're all like going around the fucking universe, like trying to kill shit for fun um and this is just a uh, another misadventure shall we say for one i fucking I, I loved it i thought he looked great i i so i do you know what i did have a little bit of hope when i saw dan trashenberg was was directed you know i just thought this is this is going to be the one for him i think to bring it back i mean i heard you know smatterings across the the internet and stuff that people were saying yeah it's good it's good it's good but i wasn't you know, I've done that before where I've got excited about this kind of about the franchise and stuff. And uh, yeah, Jordan Poor, you know, we've been burnt before. But seriously, just from like everything about it is just fucking some of the fight sequences unfreaking believable. The uses of weapons, the new array of weapons that the Predator has as well and stuff, the way they bring into the new stuff that we haven't seen before. Um, the way he looks like what you said, Butch, is like different although it's the same well i was like i was like at the start i was like oh fuck so okay we've got a kind of load of primitive weaponry against this thing and what's he gonna what's the predator gonna bring but there was sort of a de-evolution of the predator as well it didn't look as 
evolved. Mm. Um, with there were definitely you know the advancement in technology, but some of it they just seemed like tailored back a little bit. Um, it, like enough, like you know, obviously the some of what he used was fucking. It just kind of felt like they were on not on a level playing field, mm. but it didn't look like when we watched the sort of 1980s Predator. No, that was fucking. There was some stealth on that shit. But it just felt like they 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 they've got three hundred years to evolve the weaponry, you know. Because they they kind of leveled it, didn't they, a bit more? Because I mean, if you come in with fucking plasma guns and shit, it would have been pr- pretty quick over, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that that was well clever. I was just like, I loved I loved all the extra bits and bobs he brought. Should we should we talk a bit a little bit about kind of where it starts, kind of you know? Because I mean. You know, this is this is the Comanche kind of nation, you know, with with this whole kind of obviously they've never said it in this time before, you know, we've not seen Predator, which to start with was like interesting for me. I thought, well that's interesting how they're gonna base this storyline around this. And obviously we meet our main character, Naru, played by uh, Amber Midfunder, which is she I thought she was absolutely fucking amazing. Yeah. Considering she's like in pretty much nearly every shot of this movie. Um, but I liked the way it just, um, it built up some relationships with like her family and her brother and stuff like that. And the way that kind of like he was the main kind of hunter, if you will, like of the pack, like the main guy and the way that she wanted to be that role kind of thing. I thought that was good how they brought that in at the start. It was especially like well today's day and age the whole sort of female empowerment um you know movement and I think it was it was quite nice how they handled it you know the the why do you want to why do you want to hunt so bad I'm asks and she says because you guys think I can't it's like that determination to be something more than she's expected to be because mm. obviously she goes out with the lads to hunt um a lion doesn't she. And they sort of they they bring her along, and a uh, brother sort of no, she's okay. His lots his like parties like no, like she shouldn't be here. And then she sort of feels well, sort of she you think she sort of feels she has a bit of a plan, and they follow her plan, and then she sort of gets knocked out or falls out of a tree because the lion's trying to get her, and then wakes up, and then it's obviously like you can't do it as much as you want to, you can't because you're not strong enough or you're not able to. And then she's sort of like sent out to be with the women to collect the medicine. And that's when she sort of goes, no, actually, I'm going to go out because she obviously suspects that there's something bigger and better in the woods. <laughs> well, yeah, she's like pretty good at the hunting malarkey or, and she wants to be able to do the next phase of their um, initiation, which is like hunt something that hunts you. And that's the sort of um, thing. And I think that they definitely... Um, emphasize the um, title of the movie, Prey, um, and what the Predator does for not you know what why does it why does it come to the um, Earth? Why is it here? It's here to look at prey and see if it can you know easily defeat it basically. And you go through these different stages of um, of of collections, if you like, you know, Predator versus the snake you know, versus a wolf, and then fuck me, versus that goddamn bear. I mean, yeah, there was some mo- there was some moments you think, he's not going to fucking have him. That fucking bear's going to nom... Like, I'm right up, the bear was incredible. 
Um, but yeah, it, it was just like, yeah, like she, who is the prey? I like that. I like that sort of like looking at that, looking at it from that point of view. The good thing I is, like this, wow, I like was... just how it waited, sorry, Matt, it waited right. for like the snake to kill the mouse before it was almost like, are you worthy of me killing you? Are you worthy of me fighting you? So obviously the snake kills a rat and then the predator kills the snake and then obviously the wolf kills a rat, a hare, a rabbit. Mm. And then it, it starts on it to say, well, you're bigger than it. I'm bigger than you essentially. So, and then obviously the bear's trying to kill her. Um, and then yeah, the, that, that scrap's amazing where they sort of wrestle each other. It's great. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. And the good, the good thing is about it, we're, we're already set up with the kind of story with the predator. So we know kind of what it's about with having to be told about it. So us knowing what he's doing, watching him do it without any words or anything, we know what he's up to instantly, which is really clever. So they already had the basis of the storyline. We don't need to know anything else apart from he's there to hunt. And it's a game to them, isn't it? You know, um, but yeah, that, that bear scene was fucking unbelievable. It was up there with what's the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprio film. Oh, Revenant. Revenant. <laughs> it's up there with that. Well, there was definitely tones of that film in this. Mm. Like, the, oh, it was shot beautifully. Like, oh. oh, my God. Like, there was some beautiful uh, camera work, right? especially mm. at the start, of all the planes and all that type of stuff. It was great. Um, Unbelievable. But, yeah, definitely definitely shares of the Revenant in it. Mm. Um, and I actually quite liked how that you were saying about devolving the, the Predator a bit. It was. It was obviously in the, the newer films. It's all about stealth and fancy gizmos and all that type of stuff. This one was more about hand-to-hand combat and getting involved, like, which sort of brought a, a different edge to the Predator. Because obviously, even in the, the original, you hardly ever see him because he's in the trees stealthily picking off these commandos. And then now it's like, well, now he's getting down and dirty with all the, the Comanches. Like, yeah, hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. Yeah, that fight scene between him and the um, the Comanche warriors um, was awesome and that was like i thought oh they're going to be a bunch of pussies but they were fucking good fighters they were getting their licks in <laughs> obviously they got they got beat but fuck me and then she the way you, you watch it through neuro, almost Nero's eyes and stuff like that, and she's like seeing chinks in the armor and chink and she's learning evolving becoming the bet you know becoming more the predator than than the prey it's just really interesting to see that development of um, of her as well throughout the movie. I thought that was really cool. Can I just yeah, say cool. one thing before we go on? Fuck me. I want one of those dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I love that dog. Like, straight away, as soon as I saw that dog in it, I was like, 10% made this film better ten by 10%. Don't kill the dog, and it would have ruined it. Yeah, that's what I was hoping. <laughs> I was like, please, please don't kill the dog, because I don't want to mark this down. That dog the, was awesome. I, I tell you what was really clever as well, the introduction of the French um colonists, colon yeah. whatever they were, like loggers yeah. or whatever they were. Um again, just that playing with that whole theme of predator and prey. They know there's something in the wood. They know there's something out there and they obviously capture her and use her as bait to get this thing because obviously they're hunting people. And there's a, there's a it's quite nice that they're like they're well not nice, but they're dropping traps and at the start the dog gets it's tail caught one of the traps. So you're on, there's almost the danger of going, well, there's a predator, but there's also this, this Western world about to just de- descend on them. And obviously, mm-hmm. if, like, history, you know how that turned out. So uh, 
yeah, I thought it was quite nice. And then, you know, obviously, then it gave the Predator a lot of uh, a lot of killing to do, which I thought was great. Yeah, that was a, a good ruse to sort of like see what he was or he was always about. Um, some of the weapons are just so fucking cool, um, and still kind of, I don't know, very steampunk because that I felt like very steampunk almost. Um, he's still got his little stealth suit. Um, and you still got this ability to be able to take aim, but the, the weaponry isn't there yet. And they're more like their version of a bow and arrow, which I was fucking thought was so cool. Cause like, instead what of having... that thing that came out of his wrist, that like, fucking, like, blade shield thing that came out of his wrist, that was oh. fucking mental. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, and the way you use it, the net, as, the net as well. Yeah. Like, the way you saw it, like, absolutely disintegrate some guy. That was a good nod to Predator 2, that was, wasn't it? That was pretty, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of blood, a lot of gore. Um, the bit with um, Noru getting trapped in the the bog, I thought was obviously okay. This is a precursor to yeah kind of thing. Yeah. You saw <laughs> that, but the horror and her, but a way that she didn't panic. There was no panic, but you still kind of felt, oh, she's going down. <laughs> that bog bit. I sat. I was sat with my wife, and I just started laughing. I went, "Oh, this is clever. This is because I thought that's where the predator was going to come in." I thought she had the clear. The, yeah, the clear on her that he wouldn't see her. Yeah. And then literally I was like, here we go, here we go. And then the next thing, she's just washing it off. I, like, no, yeah. no. <laughs> I love that though. I, I, I did like touch with the the flower petal things that obviously they eat to kind of obviously slow their heart down and the and make them cold. That was a clever little touch. I like that. Yeah, the main fight the, the main fight scene though with all the, the, the French revolutionaries or wherever they are. Um, just like the way he's taking them all out, different things flying at him. Um, there wasn't really limbs a bomb. Flying off. Limbs flying off at left, right, and centre. You know, they're not really doing any damage. All they've got is the, you know, the, the, uh, what do you, what kind of guns are they? They're muskets. Muskets, aren't they? Pretty fucking useless. <laughs> someone <laughs> shoots some guy, some own, then he shoot himself by loading the gun and shooting it. Yeah. At one point, which was hilarious. It was quite funny when they shoot and then they like look at them and he's just looking back at them and they're like, shit, they start reloading. It's like, oh, quick. Taking ages, like, yeah. So it takes about five minutes to put the powder in and, yeah. Yeah, we, and it was quite heart wrenching, the sort of the scene when her and her brother were fighting the predator, you know, um, that was, he was, you could see how cool he was. He was proper, like, um, he knew what he was fucking doing on, on the ho- on horseback and she yeah. was assisting. It was like, they were fucking taking him down. I love, I love the way he goes like, uh, all I need to do is get one of those horses and it won't be sorted. And I was like thinking, really? And then yeah, he just fucking rides in. like It's just mental. I mean, shooting somebody multiple times with the same arrow is amazing. Yeah. Like, not even Lord of the Rings did that one where you just like shoot, right, pull it back out, shoot again, pull it back yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really clever. I'm, was I'm pretty really sure clever. he did. I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> like, Gillis is badass. Um, but no. yeah, but yeah, obviously he sacrifices himself and then we get the, you know, almost like the Home Alone montage, I want to say, like, of, um, <laughs> montage, really? well, she's, uh, she's, built, she's basically nicked his fucking helmet, um, and building fucking traps basically for the, the, the showdown using, reusing their, the French's idea for them as bait. You know, she finds one of them cuts the leg off and uses them as bait. And then it's like, fucking go to town. She's got like, what? Just, it, th- that fight scene is just incredible watching her against the Predator. Especially uh, with down, that fucking, 
that that makeshift tomahawk that she's got on a fucking string. That was fucking oh. insane. I love that. One the way they use you? that. Just fucking awesome. Just the way she's just using it over and over again. Fucking yeah. genius. It's genius. It's little fucking... clever things though. Like the same string that she made that with, they tied her up with. Mm. Uh, the the because obviously there's a bit where the the Comanches come looking for her to try and save her, and then she gets into a bit of a dust up with the the lads, and then yeah, they tie her up with that same string, and she can't. She tries to pull it apart. It's I just thought it was really clever, just sort of reaffirming that this string's really strong. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you, you can fling it around rather than just sort of being a clever plot device. You know what I mean? I thought it was, it's it's watching the film and things like that, and you notice it. It's just clever, um, and it's a lot of films miss that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I love. I def- and I, I, I definitely think that they've. He's obviously sat down and thought, right, what's going wrong with Predator films? <laughs> you know, you don't need to add more. Just, just strip it back. You don't mm-hmm. need to like buff up a predator and have predator dogs and have genetically modified predators and all this type of shit we've been having over the past few years. You know, you don't need to make the eighties predator again because it doesn't work anymore. Mm. Like, we all obviously hold the original so dearly to our hearts. Do you know what I mean? It's such a great film, but of its time, you can't make stuff like that anymore and it work. Um, so, yeah, I just thought it was really, I thought it was just really well done. And great to see that it just landed on Disney Plus, you know? It was you very, know a very accessible film. I will say that it is good, that it's accessible, but I am pretty glad that I didn't get to see this in the cinema. Yeah, because it would have it would have looked beautiful on a cinema, and it would have yeah. sounded amazing. Plus, can you imagine going to see that in 4DX? Fuck that! You come out bruises. Um, yeah, just yeah, I just absolutely enjoyed it. I think I just enjoyed it a lot. It was just such a ride. Can I? There's one little grumble I had. And I, to be oh, honest, here we I, go. I, here we go. <laughs> Here's I'd bring it down. No, it it is a grumble, and I understand why they've done it, and I understand. So I got really excited because there was a Comanche version. Yeah. And I thought, I I don't know why in my head thought that it would be spoken in Comanche and then subtitles, but it wasn't. It was a dub track. Yeah. So I I started watching it with the dubbing on, and it's... I, it's, I hate watching dumb films because it just it just takes me away because their, their mouths don't move at the same time. So I really wish someone had the balls from Disney to go, this is going to make loads of money anyway, or it's going to be streamed loads anyway. Let's have it in Comanche and have subtitles on. And then if you want to do an English dub track, do an English dub track, not the other way around. I thought that was a bit of a shame. But look, still, the film was great. So Yeah. And we got, a, we got a little bit of after credit scene as well, didn't we? Kind of, yeah. Kind of. Oh, 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 let's not forget to mention this, the pistol. Yeah, what about the what, pistol? Do you was know what that pistol is? Was there something significant about it? it's the one, uh, is it Predator 2? Yeah, it's the one Danny is Glover it? gets given yeah. by the Predator at the end of yeah. Predator 2. I thought so. Oh, so that means they came back, fucked them all up and nicked the pistol. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll see your uh, axe on the string. Here's my fucking plasma cannon, bitch. <laughs> That's the sequel. Oh, man, I mean, they ki- they killed Noru for it. She died, effectively. No, I'd like to think that that's not the point, because that's not what they do. Predators don't do that. They don't... You know, I think they've got... I, got, I think they've got respect for 
people that fight back and stuff like that. I, I don't think they'll go respect. and obliterate them just because one of their kinds got killed. I think, but so, they'll probably send a bigger, stronger one. Maybe, but, yeah. You know, so they could have spent years fighting the predators. True, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, she might not have killed them all. <laughs> Soundtrack was banging as well. Got to say, say that. Yeah. Really good. Really enjoyed that. Everything about it, mate. It was shot very well, and you know the CGI bits that they had worked flawlessly. I thought. I don't know. It's just a solid movie, man. Really I'd, solid. I'd love to buy it, but it'll probably never come out. Nah. Nice to see the old Fox fair fanfare at the start as well. It's been a while since you've been able to go. I was it's still always oh, Star Wars for me. So, um, no, I, I, I like the when the pre credits come down as well. I thought it was really cool. You know, when she's looking at the sky and it's obviously the spaceships coming in and she thinks it's lightning, thunder and lightning, and then just drops down prey. But yeah, yeah, that was cool in the old font. Yeah, <laughs> good title. Cool. Yeah, good title. It worked, man. It was fucking good. It was the um, you know, really seen much mo- you know many movies on. Uh, on Disney Plus, like originals and stuff like that. I know, I know they literally just dropped Lightyear, even though that was at the cinema. But like, yeah, I can't believe that. So this is a straight. Was it? Was it a Hulu movie though? And it got dropped on Disney Plus. Don't know. I don't know. Because uh, a lot of stuff's coming on Hulu, and we're getting that on on Disney over here. But um, yeah, fucking good, man. What we what we think about um, rating this bad boy? Go on, Jordy Paul, you go first. I'm going to give it a nine. Nine from me. One on yeah, all day. Nine from me, man. Fucking good movie, man. Nine breaths out of ten. Let's let's have a sequel based in like feudal Japan or something with all the samurais. Oh, or, fucking oh, oh, oh. Now we're fucking talking. Yeah. <laughs> or like one of the world wars. In the the aliens. Aliens. Worst samurais. <laughs> Yeah, all right, calm down. <laughs> I'm no, hoping but, that they take a bit of a leaf out of their books here, and they and with like and go, wow, you know, let's let's try and slim down the Alien franchise a little bit and not go so crazy, you know. Uh, what's the how's this been received? I know it's only been out a day, but like all I've seen, well, is yeah. all I've seen yeah. everywhere is positive, positive, positive. People are saying it's it's literally the original, then this. Yeah. I've not seen a, a negative comment anyway. I did feel like doing a bit of a Predator binge. I was going. I was going to watch the first one before I watched this. Yeah. I just didn't have the time, and I would have liked to. I kind of want to go. I kind of want to revisit the, one. the one with Adrian Brody. Oh, <laughs> I didn't mind that. I thought it was all right. Oh, I like the premise. Crap. I like the premise around it. Yeah, I still think though the first one will never be beat because of the reveal of the Predator. Because you always remember what you think, what the hell is it? And then at the end, just the mask comes off and the, yeah, the yeah. mandibles come out. And I, I just that, think that will never be beaten. It's the same as Alien. First time you see the Alien, yeah. it's... But the then Predator, that's what these films are trying to recreate and I would just wish they'd stop it. Everyone knows what it is. Just come up with a decent story. Yeah, but even now film. when you see that Predator's face, even now it stands up. It's not one bit aged. It's just fucking phenomenal the the fucking puppetry and the animatronics and that fucking mask is insane 
Creed. It's so good, so good. But it was like it was. I remember watching it, and I was literally the original was. I was literally scared shitless when I watched that movie. It was so scary, just because you didn't know where it was, you didn't know what it was, and they're just shooting down fucking trees. It's like it's just crazy. Did you like the line, if it bleeds, we can kill it as well? Yeah, uh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, got that one. Little one. Yeah, yeah I like cool. that. But yeah, phenomenal. All right. Yeah. All right, on to the next episode's main review. We will be doing Jordan Peele's Nope. 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 <laughs> Fucking can't wait. Fingers crossed. Which, by the way, I've been I've read a couple of reviews without spoilers, which is nice, uh, but apparently it's supposed to be amazing. So... Oh, don't get my hopes up. Mm. Mm. Okay, cool. Right. Uh, let's move on to our 70 screen bout. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? Where do we go? Oh, hello. This episode, something to scream about. We've got something for you. We're going to do our little rundown of the fucking Fright Fest 2022 uh, Horror Movie Festival. Hoo! Hoo hoo! Oh, we fucking cannot wait. I mean, as we record, we are about three weeks off. And um, think about that, lads. This time in three weeks, we will be balls deep in some fucking horror movies. <laughs> I will be popping my Fright Fest cherry. Woo! <laughs> Plus, yeah. we'll probably be pissed about that. So, we're going to break down the main screen for you guys. We've got, we're lucky enough to get uh, tickets to the main screen. So, we've got festival tickets. We're there for the whole um, festival from Thursday to Monday. Um, so if you're going, come and say hello. Yeah, if you come say hello, find the horror at the front, find the uh, draw, one less bo- draw One Last Breath Boys, we will give you a little pin badge. Lucky fuckers. How's that? Yeah. Badge. Yeah. So lucky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to talk about the main and we're going to look at a few little extra treats that are in the uh, Prince Charles and the other screens as well. Um, work out which ones we're going to watch and which ones we're going to try and vie for. I was lucky enough to pull Thursday and Friday out of the uh, box. So I'm going to start start the uh, festival off. All right then. Thursday, opening the festival, we have, from Neil Marshall, we have The Lair. The Liar? The Lair. The Lair. The Lair. The Lair. The Lair. So this is a world premiere. This is a world premiere and a little synopsis. On her final combat mission in Afghanistan, RAF pilot Kate Sinclair is shot down over a main rebel stronghold. Chased by insurgents, she finds refuge in an abandoned bunker where Russians once experimented, spent, experimented crossing human organs with alien DNA to create a deadly biological weapon. Set free from their giant test pews, the Ravagers invade a local U.S. Army outpost where the squad must fight the mutant monsters to the bitter end. I mean, come on, we need this. The, do- this, this, the synopsis reminds me of Dog Soldiers, reminds me of fucking... Um, Descent, um, Doomsday, that sort of thing. That's what we want. I don't want on a fucking wretched what, reckoning or where the fuck he last movie did. Um, it's been described as, uh, 
an action-packed gore shocker. The Dirty Dozen meets The Thing. Oh, that's the first movie oh, we get to see. That's that bold claims. <laughs> and, and he's going to be there, apparently. Well, we know he's there for certain um, on the Sunday. He is going to be introducing and doing a Q&A for Dog Soldiers, which we will, tickets we will be going after. He'll be there, he'll be there. Yeah, he'll be there. So that's fucking cool, man. That is a great start. 90 minutes, bring it on. The second movie is called The Visitor from the Future. <laughs> Another world premiere set in 2055 AD. Civilization has collapsed due to an ecological disaster and the few remaining humans survive in the underworld. The visitor travels back in time to find Alice, not from Resident Evil, whose father is building the nuclear power plant responsible for the upcoming catastrophe. Think Terminator. Um, Alice's father must die or the world is doomed. <laughs> but time is running out. Who will Alice save the world or her father? Based on the hugely entertaining web series that caused a sensation in France, apparently. I've not heard about it. But, you know, director Francois Decroix. Uh, this one sounds a bit sci-fi terminator don't you think? Oh, I love your little uh, French accent there. Lovely. Decroix? <laughs> <laughs> Probably said that wrong. <laughs> but this is, the Fr- this is French, so the second movie we're going to get is French. So bring that on. You know, we do like our French horror movies, so we shall see. And to sign off the first day, we're getting Scare Package 2, um, Rad's Revenge or some shit like that. So <laughs> this is basically a horror, for, a horror anthology. So for those who've seen Scare Package 1, it was on Shudder. It's all right. Uh, it was good. Right. It was good. Yeah. It was this, which, where, which one, was this the one set in the, um, the VHS store? Yeah. And they had that weird game and they had, yeah, they had to go back. It was good. It was good. So when horror guru Rad Chad Berkeley's funeral uh, turns into an elaborate series of hilarious death traps, the guests must band together to use the rules of horror to survive the bloody diversions. From a New Year's Eve massacre to final girls turning into soon-to-die girls and the swarm attack to driving Miss Daisy crazy, the genre references flies as thick and fast as a bone-ching splinter you want to play. I mean, we've got directors for, uh, like in the likes of Graham Skipper, um, Rich Summer, Jeremy King. So, I don't know, man. Obviously, we've had Mr. Graham Skipper on the uh, podcast. Uh, and uh, Jed Shepard as well. Yeah. He's also contributed to this. So, yeah, this one could be a good one, man. Um, there's a couple of others on other ones, Bitch Ass and the one called Croc. But I think we will stick to the mainstream on the first day. Why the fuck not, eh? What say you? <laughs> yes. I've definitely this, not got to say croc, so. <laughs> this is another world premiere. So, three world premieres. Not fucking bad. Let's move this bad boy on to Friday. We wake up on Friday from our lovely, lovely cocoon uh, with a movie called Next Exit, directed by Mally Elfman. Um, bit of a longer one, 103 minutes. European premiere. Uh, the widespread acceptance of ghosts has led to Life Beyond, a radical scientific study based in San Francisco through which volunteers can commit pain-free suicide. After all, what's left to fear about the afterlife? In New York City, two ready-to-die strangers randomly end up sharing a rental car for a cross-country trip to their respective appointments. 
Initial friction leads to an emotional connection as their dates with death loom in. Writer Mally Effman's funny and warm-hearted science fiction directing debut, featuring standout performances from Katie, who was in Doctor Sleep, and uh, Parker and Roll, who's in Midnight Mass. Mm-hmm. I don't know about this one. Um, I get a line. I mean, it's fucking half ten. It starts at half ten in the morning on Friday. So. Heavy stuff. Heavy stuff in it. <laughs> fucking in heavy stuff at half ten in the fucking morning. It's but, the- but remember, remember that um, film that we watched that was amazing. The um, oh shit, it's so amazing! I forgot the title of it. Yeah, really good. <laughs> the Australian movie. It was absolutely unbelievable. These final hours. Yeah. Oh fucking hell. Could be another one of those, mate. Yeah, well, you know, like two of them, two people. Hey, man, I think I could lie in. Anyway. <laughs> oh, look at this one for the next movie that start, that's at one o'clock after this movie, the second movie of the day. That's a big lion. <laughs> the Harbinger. It's a great lion. Wow, I've never heard of this one before, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> this has a trailer. Uh, the trailer looks a bit fucking babadooky, I'd say. Oh. There's some weird fucking creepy paranormal shit. Some jumpy, shadowy stuff happened. For a fucking one o'clock on a Friday, I feel my ass cheeks going to go. We go going to the one. <laughs> Back to the cocoon again. <laughs> so, directed by Andy Mitten, uh, European premiere. T Monique leaves her family quarantine bubble to assist a good friend's who's suffering from terrible nightmare, nightmares. But she learns too late that her friends' bad dreams and contagious, along with the demo- demonic presence behind them. The award-winning writer-director of the Fright First Attraction, The Witch in the Windows, returns to this unique brand of compassionate, supernatural horror. Oh, The Witch in the Windows, good. Yeah, so... That's a good film. This definitely be one want to watch, I believe. Um, mm. Paul, you liked the... You saw the trailer too, didn't you? Yeah, the trailer looks quite cool. It's got the girl from the Black Phone in it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that that, that looks like a good one to watch. The next movie, which I will, might, I'm going to throw an alternative in a minute, but we got we were going to have a fight. I think we might have to split up. We really might have to have a break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this next movie is called A Wounded Fawn. Don't like the title of it. Not going to lie, um, but it's directed by Travis Stevens. You know the guy who did. Uh, Jacob's wife and girl on the third floor. Girl on the floor, third floor, starting to see him punk was stunning. Which we've also had on the pod. Yes. Um, and it stars Josh Rubin, who did fucking, you know, um, Scare Me and uh, Werewolves Within. Uh, and I fucking love his satire. So I don't know. But we'll look, okay, international premiere. Uh, Meredith Tannen is a local museum creator who is dipping her toe back into the dating pool. The unsuspecting Meredith is being targeted by a charming serial killer. Sort of reminds me a little bit of that creep, maybe. Uh, when a fateful romantic getaway between the two become a tense game of cat and mouse, both must confront the madness within him. Um, inspired by the surrealist art and Greek mythology. And then there's some bits that sound fucking awesome. There's some that kind of maybe go, mm, I'm thinking if it's got the satire of scare me, I'm fucking down for this. The problem I have is at the same time as this, over on another stage, there's a fucking movie called Pussycake. <laughs> I'm up for Pussycake. And I fucking saw the trailer for this, and I will send you it, and it looks like a fucking full-on 
batshit gore fest. I've and we need a fucking I've gore fest, it. man. I, I'm, I'm a pussycake, mate, all, all I, the way. We have to, we, if we get to, well, it, look, it's a, it's, a, it's a win-win situation. If we get tickets for pussycake, we'll go and watch pussycake. But, you know, if Paul wants to go and watch a wounded fawn, and be, you know... How very in, dare you. I'll have you know, I watched the trailer for Pussy Cake as well. <laughs> <laughs> it looks fucking sick, man. The thing is, right, you've got... On one hand, you've got... Is it Wounded Fawn? Yeah, Wounded Fawn. You, you know that that's going to be good. And you know that it's going to be well-acted well and yeah. really well. And shot really lovely and brilliant. That will probably come out. So we can watch that anytime. Now, Pussy Cake... <laughs> This it's Argent- fucking insane. It's Argentina. It never come out. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm more up for getting pussycake tickets than anything. How many yeah. times have you said pussycake? Pussycake, pussycake. <laughs> Where have you been? I've been to London. And <laughs> right. So there we go. That is. Uh, there's definitely potential to go and get pussycake. I mean, uh, pussycake all day. Yeah. All right. Moving on to what's after pussycake? Maybe a break. Maybe a break. Maybe some cake. Like all the game? Pussy cake. Maybe we'll go and get some cake. Um, but the next movie is at six o'clock. <laughs> director, J- De- director Jacob Gentry. Starring Brie Grant, who's like got a lot of shit at this fucking Yeah, she's yeah. fucking good. So that makes me want to go. But, uh, okay. So cult stars AJ Bowen, Brie Grant and Scott Poiferous are extraordinary in this trek across the American Southwest as a near-the-well petty thief trying to escape to mysterious past, a celestial vagabond trying to rediscover hers, and the ruthless killer who is following them both. Indie science fiction fantasy at its provocative best. It's got a fucking... Yeah. I don't know, don't know, don't know, don't know, don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Um, we, yeah, that, that'd be interesting. But then we could take a break at this one because I'm not even sure I want to watch this next one. Final Cut is the French uh, remash of uh, One Cut of the Dead. Basically. So, I don't know what we're going to do with that one. Um, it's a UK premiere. It's been critically acclaimed. <sighs> but it's a rehash. Is it? Is it a is it scene for scene like remake or is it just it says it says acclaimed French remake okay it's not like the American like an American remake it's a French remake so I don't know not really sure about this one this could be you know 8.30 at night could be getting a Jack Downs and Coke but we'll just see (laughs) or it could be the best movie the fucking the whole thing again (laughs) (laughs) yeah take two this next one's quite interesting. It's when Friday, a uh, film called Midnight Peep Show. Now, when we were at our last festival, we did sit down and schmooze inadvertently. We just having a beer and we were chatting to a few folks. And one of them was the uh, writer of um, I Be For Undead, if you remember. That's correct, yeah. It's just the same dude. Oh, really? I, to, is, uh, uh, I believe he's uh, directed this, Jake West, I think his name. No, Andy Edwards. He's amongst... A plethora of uh, directors on this. But that's quite an interesting one. Um, It's a world premiere to end the night. Madam and Madame owns a Soho peep show with a difference. The sites on offer are tailor-made 
to its customers' deepest sinful fears. Tonight, it welcomes a businessman who has a unique connection to an extreme fantasy website. He becomes witness to three stories of victims that found the website. So it sounds like a bit of a, you know, an anthology. Um, but now the Midnight Peep Show has found him. It's only a matter of time before he's made to pay the ultimate price for dabbling in the dark side of desire. Now, this is almost our horror movie, Matt. Remember that fucking idea we came up oh, with? No, I was just about to say I'm that. I'm saying, someone stole our fucking idea. Were we drunk? <laughs> Start talking about it? <laughs> Damn it. Not quite, obviously, but, you know. It was a hotel, not a peep show. A hotel. But, yeah, I mean, could be worth a shout. Definitely. I mean, it's uh starts at 11. So that'll be a half 12 finish on Friday. We'll see. That's uh, down the pub. <laughs> that's Thursday and Friday done. Right, Matt, give us what. Oh, there's one more I want to talk about. Oh, Hang on, sorry. Yeah. Uh, there's another one at nine o'clock. So that could be instead of final cut. Um, uh, cool. This probably is worth maybe getting tickets for eating Miss Campbell. Um, director Liam Reagan. It looks fantastic. I've seen the trailer. Um, it's a world premiere. It's a dark, being described as a dark satirical horror horror comedy take on the teen high school genre. Vegan goth student Beth Connor falls into a relationship with her new English teacher, Miss Campbell, and soon develops a problematic taste for human flesh. Unable to commit suicide without the help of a loaded handgun, Beth finds herself destined to live inside a 90s cliche-laden horror film. Sounds quite interesting. Mm. Very looks good. Go and check it out. Might be worth getting tickets. At the moment, my priority is Pussy Cake and uh, Dog Soldiers. <laughs> Amazing. That's brilliant stuff. <laughs> right, Matt, give us Saturday. So we are in now to Saturday. We kick off the uh, Saturday at uh, 10.30 in the morning for a lovely little gem from Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, which is something in the dirt. So, Frightfest favourite Dreamweavers Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead have conjured up their most personal film, a fusion of DIY science fiction, extreme character drama, dark comedy, pre-apocalyptic vibes and overwhelming paranoia. The visionary pair star as neighbours John and Levi who witnessed supernatural events in their Los Angeles apartment building, realising documenting the paranormal can eject some fame and fortune into their wasted lives. They open up an ever deeper pitch black rabbit hole. So this has been in the works for a long time. And I'm quite excited for this one. Yeah, we've talked about this on the pod before. And yeah, I am definitely will be up to in the morning to watch this. 100%. Definitely, definitely. After that, it goes straight over to She Came From The Woods. So uh, this one's uh, American, 101 minutes, world premiere. The staff of an overnight camp conjures up an old legend on the last day of the summer of 1987 in an urban legend inspired by Nickelodeon's Are You Afraid of the Dark? based on his 2007 short John Eric Bloomquest, director of Night at the Eagle Inn, and 10 Minutes to Midnight. In a coming-of-age horror movie rooted in themes of familiar legacy, the dangers of group thinking and motivates behind the stories will tell all the secrets that we keep. Not sure on that one, to be quite honest. 
Um, and then we go on to Lola. Hey, Lola. Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hello, Willie. Lola. <laughs> Are you quite finished? <laughs> so this is uh, a 4 p.m. one. This might be a break time for us, I think. Or is there something else on? Not sure about this one. English Premier, England, 1941. Hmm. Sisters of Tomisina and Martha have created a machine that can intercept broadcasts from the future. This delightful apparatus allows them to explore the inner punk a generation before the movement comes into existence. But with World War II escalating, the sisters decide to use the machine as a weapon of intelligence with world-altering consequences. Sounds all right. However, I'm not sure on it. I don't know. It looks black and white. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to let that put me off, but it is quite interesting, the premise of the story. Oh, it's Saturday. You might really want a beer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Are we going to watch any films at all? I was just, <laughs> no, we just got the pub. <laughs> anyway, next one. Dark Glasses. Or Glasses. Um, this one is... Directed by the one and only Dario Argento. And he's fucking there. He's and he's there. there. He's, he's there. Fucking there. He's fucking there. He's, sign, he's, signing, he's signing again. Again? Mm-hmm. Oh. So this is a UK premiere. I mean, we're not going to be shy about this. We're not huge Dario fan, Argento fans. We, we respect... For yourself, Matthew. Speak <laughs> we respect... You know, the Dario Geno. I got you into demons, didn't I? You fucking love demons. Yeah, I did like demons. Fair enough. So, this one, Dark Glasses, UK premiere. In Rome, a serial killer has garroted three high-class sex worker girls with cello strings. And upmarket escort Diana is next on the list. Pursuing her one night in the white van, the maniac causes her car to crash, leaving her blind and a young Chinese boy, Chin, in another vehicle, an orphan, together they must face the incandescent wrath of the snubbed murderer who continues to relentlessly stalk them. Dario Gento returns to the extreme thriller he pioneered in the 1970s with the bird with the crystal plumage and deep red. Neither of those films I've seen. I'm really sorry. I apologise to Dario Gento fans out there. Um, I don't know. It sounds all right. It's, it's starring his daughter. I mean, I love Asia Argento, yeah. so... What do you I think, Jordy Paul? Speak up. I think that sounds really good. So, yeah, I think it might be a good one. Yeah, yeah. So, on to the next one. Candyland. This one is from the USA, 90 Minutes, the UK premiere. A seemingly naive and devout young woman finds herself cast out from a sinister religious cult. With no place to turn, to, but Remy immerses herself into the underground world of truck stop sex workers, courtesy of her four new gay and bisexual friends, under the watchful eye of the madman, mad, sorry, their madam Nora, and the enigmatic local lawman sheriff Rex. Remy navigates between her stained belief system and the locked lizard code to find her true chilling call in life. 1970s exploration screams back into fashion and John Swab's truck stop women meets communion shocker. 
Well, I'm in. <laughs> you had me at truck stop sex workers. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you had me at Candyland. I'm sorry, but I watched the trailer. I think it looks fucking awesome. Does it? I haven't seen the trailer. Yeah, the trailer, the trailer looks fucking sick, man. Uh, definitely, definitely in for this one. A right time of the day to watch this movie as well. Yeah, it's a good little time. Yeah, and then to finish off the Saturday night, we'll probably be already down the the club. Sinking some <laughs> What was that club we went to, Paul? Phoenix Club or something? We've probably done Phoenix. Smoozing with all, with Dario Gento. Having some beers. <laughs> so anyway, to finish off on Saturday, we have the UK, in, sorry, the international premiere of Deadstream. Co-director, Jaws, Jaws, sorry, co-director Joseph Winter stars a disgraced YouTube celebrity, Sean Ruddy who will do anything to reclaim his influence in, in Famy. So he locks himself inside the reportedly haunted death manor that once belonged to a lovesick 1800s poet, Mildred Pratt, as Sean breaks every horror movie rule for follower Spikes. He accidentally angers a vengeful spirit, and his big combat event um, becomes a real-time fight for his life. The sensation of SF, sorry, SXSW Festival this is a horror comedy for our multi-platform live streaming age. So it's going to, obviously that looks like a, a, um, dash cam, a three sort of movie, but comedy wise. However, not sure on that. I mean, that, that's the finisher. It's going to be, I mean, you're not as cool as me, but I'll, so I'll probably like it. Yeah, maybe. It'll probably piss me off because I'll be starring another social media douchebag. <laughs> yep. Any other tr- any treats on the Saturday from anywhere else, Matt? On the, any treats? I'll have a look one sec. I'll have a look. Have you not done your homework, sir? Shit, I can't remember. There are some treats on the Saturday. So a couple of things that looked all right. I, I looked into walking against the rain. Sounds a bit interesting. Uh, UK again, this is UK. Uh, First Blood World Premiere. Two strangers, Blair and Tommy, are never getting their way across a barren landscape in a desperate attempt to find each other with their only form of communication being a two soon-to-die battery-operated radio microphones with a new evil in the shape of the Forsaken, tracking them down. They must learn to confront loss and rediscover the trust in humanity. This graphic apocalyptic monster road movie is directed by Scott Lewis, making his feature film debut. I thought it sounded pretty cool. Yeah, that's on the same time as Dark Glasses, so let's fuck off Dario Gento and go and watch this, yeah? <laughs> we'll probably get tickets then, won't we? Um, <laughs> and then another shout-out to... This is playing in Discovery Screen 2. Uh, I thought of you when I saw this one, Mr. Butch. Super uh, Z? No. No? Yes, it is. Is it the one, the zombie one? Yeah. Yeah, pursued by a dangerous criminal after failed theft con artists Nina and Yaz get more than they bargain for when they target Beryl, a seemingly innocent elderly widow with 30 years of real-life surgical experience, detailed knowledge of human dissection and a vivid imagination. Director James Owen will guide you deep into the bowels of Beryl's house to discover the shocking truth behind the seemingly innocent woman and her family. This is a horror story of entrapment, cannibalism, Fast-paced thriller of unexpected and shocking revelations. Hang on, that's not that's that's uh, that's bite. Yeah, that's bite. This, this one bite. is the uh, <laughs> one I thought about you. Apologies. So 
this is the zombie flick. The UK premiere. An unknown corporation is turning humans into zombies. Their complete astonishment, their experiments give birth to zombies that can think, talk, reason and form a family unit. But the genetically modified five escape and are pursued by mercenaries as they struggle with new family dynamics, chaos and carnage. Fast-paced, hilarious, frantic and gross Super Z is madness with a message and a welcome addition to the super genre in dire need of new blood. Yeah, you'll have to make you'll have to make a decision whether you want to get any of those tickets and not to worry. I quite think the Saturday might be main screen. Yeah. Only. Bike does look good, don't get me wrong, and the other one did. But yeah, I think Saturday might be a main screen only. Mm. Mm. Maybe. Definitely. Especially if we're cool. going after like Pussy Cake and uh no, We're going deep for Pussy Cake. So, Mr. Jordy Paul, over to you for Hangover Sunday morning. Hangover Sunday morning. Does it say on your list, bed all day? <laughs> bed at least until 12. No. Um, and do you, know what, do you know what's really annoying for you as well? The first uh, film on the Sunday in the main screen looks actually really good. <laughs> I know. We'll, we'll send you on our mission then, Paul. <laughs> It's from Scream. It's from the guy who did Jack Brooks Monster Slayer. Go on, sorry, Paul. I won't do it. I won't do it. So, uh, right, there's a film called Mastemar. Mastemar, um, and it's uh, a French film. Um, the synopsis: After the sudden death of a loved one during a hypnosis session, Louise, a young psychiatrist, tries to rebuild herself by settling in a small village. The arrival of a new patient with strange behaviour will plunge her into a downward spiral. Um, I, I watched the trailer. It was all in French, so I didn't really know what was going on. But the imagery and the... Uh, the it looks spooky as hell. So um, I don't know if this new patient's supposed to be a demon or the devil or something like that, but all, it sort of looks like it's dealing with all that type of stuff. So, yeah, looks really good. So sounds, definitely be that that sounds like a lion for me. Will you enjoy your lion? <laughs> there is that, sorry, there is that do not disturb on the other screen. On, anyway, shout out, Paul. <laughs> this is my dear. <laughs> um, yeah, then the next one, um, I think, I don't know, but I, look, I watched it, again, I watched the trailer, and uh, this is from the director of Rubber. Yeah. Have you seen that? <laughs> the fucking movie about the tie that comes to life. <laughs> yeah. Which is shit. By the way, <laughs> well, it's not shit, it's just genuine. No, you're right, it's, it's shit. Genuinely bizarre. But anyway, so this one's called Incredible But True, again from France. And Alan and Marie moved it to the suburb house of their dreams, but the real estate agent warned them what was in their basement and they changed their lives forever. The trailer doesn't give anything away, but it's like, it just, the trailer's weird. It's them just sat around a table, sort of having a nice little conversation, and it's like, dee 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 dee. I have to say, this does look fucking awesome, but this is on the same time as Dog Soldiers, so... Yeah. Well, I, I, to be honest, I don't know if I'll have the patience on a Sunday morning afternoon, maybe after having a few sherbets, watching a film like Rubber. So uh, I, I have put in bracket, brackets, maybe give this one a miss. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think we need to go after Dog Soldiers tickets. Could, could prove yeah. difficult. But we'll see. I know, but if we try, especially if he's doing a Q and A as well, like yeah, we should try. If we could go for pussy cake first, then dog soldier second. <laughs> okay, so uh, the next one is 
every time you say pussy cake. <laughs> it's going to be a hard sell for the wife when I go over the festival with pussy cake, yeah? What, what was your favourite film at the Fright Fest? <laughs> pussy cake? Oh, Jesus. Right, well, the well, next one. They better be giving out free cake when we walk in. I mean, uh, what's it made of, though? <laughs> Uh, right, the next one on the Sunday is Hazard. It's called, and it's a Belgian film, and uh, it follows Noah. And this is hilarious. This synopsis follows Noah, who really loves his girlfriend, his daughter, and his car. But after accepting a driving job, he gets into a race that will result in either losing his life, his family, or his car. <laughs> I didn't see a trailer for this, so if there's one, I didn't say it. But it's supposed to be, it's a cross between Mad Max and Fast and the Furious. Bring it on. This one looks interesting. It could even be, yeah, it looks interesting. I'm gonna I was just about to say, actually, that there's not, I mean, other than French movies, there's not been those, those kind of like, uh, foreign movie that we've caught, like, you know, Mexican movie, like we did last time on the digital one. Mm. Or, you know, something like that. It's always a good, yeah. a good foreign spe- uh, speaking language film that we always watch, and it's amazing. So you never know. Well, you never know. Uh, the next one is a Wolf Manor, um, UK film. Um, shooting a vampire movie in an old abandoned house should have worked like a dream. However, with the full moon, the nightmare begins. The body count rises as the cast and crew encounter the mansion's resident werewolf. Ooh. So I thought it sounded good. Then I looked who was in it, and it's got Hugo from The Vicar of Dibley in it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, the director's Dominic Brunt, isn't it? And um, he did uh, Attack of the Adult Babies. So. Yeah, you know who he is? Paddy from... Uh, um, um, oh, fucking hell. Um, Emmerdale Farm. Oh, really? Yeah, Paddy. I don't like, know. I've never seen a Medell farm in my life, so I've got no know, idea what you're talking know about. Who he was. When you, if you saw a picture of him, you would know who he was, 100%. It's a, werewolf movie. it's a werewolf movie. It's got potential in my It'll be gory and funny and weird, I can yeah. guarantee you, if he's directed it. Yeah, but do we want to go and see two werewolf films in the day, or? Yeah. Six. Asked, I don't know why I asked that question. You were going to see 50 werewolf films in the day, wouldn't you? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> know your audience, Paul. <laughs> Uh, okay, the next one is called The Price We Pay, and it's got uh, one of your favourite actors in it. Emil Hirsch. No, I was going to talk about Stephen Dorff. I was talking about Stephen Dorff. Stephen Dorff and Emil Hirsch star in this. Uh, after a pawn shop robbery goes askew, two criminals take refuge at a remote farmhouse to try and let the heat die down, but find something much more interesting. Oh. Now he's a fucking good actor, old Emil Hirsch. Forget about Stephen Dork, but like, um, you know, what's that? The auto- the autopsy of Jane Doe. Fucking great movies. I don't know, man. He's just a really good indie kid. I fucking think he's great. I mean, I know he did Speed Racer, but even that's kind of got that indie feel to it. And I yeah. like him. I like him. I pro- I would definitely stay up and watch this on the Sunday, a Sunday night. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, that's Sunday. <laughs> So um, I didn't really look into anything other than the main screen stuff. So, I'm but we know that right. But um, the only thing I did, and the only thing that's worth I think going after, is um, 
it's Dog Soldiers with a Q&A with Neil Marshall. That's that's it. That's all I've got. Yeah. Hmm. This is what I, I think. I, is that on the Sunday called Holy Shit? And I just like it because it's called Holy Shit. So yeah. <laughs> um, so moving on to the Monday. Um, this looks, yeah, like it could be a bit of a winner. So the first film on is a film called Piggy. Lion. I feel I feel a lion coming up. <laughs> yeah, Sp- a Spanish film. Uh, an overweight teen is bullied by a clique of cool girls poolside while holidaying in her village. The long walk home will change the rest of her life. So the trailer. I, I watched the trailer and um, it looks a bit strange. It's quite very indie looking, um, and I'm not really sure what's about. She's obviously getting bullied, and then I don't know if. A serial killer's on the loose and she could have helped them or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it looks, it looks interesting. But, yeah, but we might have to... Move on! The movie of the fucking festival. <laughs> okay, so here's a film that we're probably going to miss. Uh, now, do you know what, right? I need to watch the first one because I still haven't seen the first one. Maybe that should be my week. I'm going to have to watch it before, obviously. We 100%, yeah, definitely. Yeah, actually, yeah, fuck off Satanic Panic. Get on Terrifier. Yeah. Terrifier. So it is Terrifier 2. Now, I watched the trailer for this. This is going to scare me, I think, because... Like, 140 minutes. I've seen a picture of him, right? And obviously, he looks, freaky in, a, he looks freaky in a picture. But Jesus Christ, on film, he, he's awful. So, uh, yeah, I watched the trailer and I freaked us out a bit, so I watched that. But, yeah, so after being resurrected by a sinister entity, Art the Clown returns to the timid town of Miles County, where he targets a teenage girl and her younger brother on Halloween night. Um, Brilliant. And it just looks fucked up. Yeah. Lots of blood and a crazy we'll come clown. back to you after you watch the first one. Yeah, definitely. So I watched that this week. Survive the first one, and then... <laughs> i got to rewatch it, I think. Yeah, yeah. me too. Me too. It's it's hard to get though. It's it can rent it, but it's on I think Apple. I've got to rent it. Off, so. I think discontinue on DVD as well. Interesting uh, side note: both David Howard Haunton and Damien Leone are at For the Love of Horror. They are. We should try and speak to them. Definitely. Email them, please, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably listening already, so don't worry about. It. Just me and the breakfast. So the next film um, is the one signed Tom Felton, good old Draco from Harry Potter. Apparently he's there as well, isn't he? Yeah. Well, this is called Burial. So it's a small group of Russian soldiers have the task of taking Hitler's discovered remains back to Stalin in Moscow. Watch the trailer. It's pretty polished. It looks like a bigger budget film than a lot of them. So... I don't know what it quite is though. It doesn't really give much away. I don't know if it's actually. It does on the does on the main the, on the fright fest page. You, I think it looks like possible werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> werewolves again. Maybe bringing Hitler back to life as a Nazi werewolf. I don't know, but uh, it looks all right to be honest. I was quite intrigued by the trailer. Um, Will there be any Paul to watch? <laughs> Will there be any magic spells in that one? Monday looks one of the best days. I'm sorry, and usually I, yeah. I want to fucking go, but Monday looks like one of the best days. No, I'm staying for the, the, the main event. I'm telling you now. Oh yeah. Well, the next one looks. I think could be my film of the festival if it 
if it, the trailer sort of stands up and the, the cast and things. So the next one's Barbarian. Obviously, we've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast. Uh, a woman staying at an Airbnb discovers that a house she has rented is not what it seems. Obviously, starring Bill Skarsgård. Can you imagine opening your, the door to your Airbnb and finding Pennywise there? Um, <laughs> Justin looks, Long as well. It's Justin Long in it, yeah? Yeah. Ooh. Well, it looks really creepy. It looks really creepy. And like the tra- like I said, the trailer looks quite jump scary, so... I like his short. I like his short brother, Justin Short. <laughs> I was I was counting up max to keep the morale going when we're tired on a Monday. <laughs> um, so yeah, that looks really good. And then this one, this one could either be the best thing that we've ever seen or the worst thing we've ever seen. It's I don't think there's going to be any middle ground with it. It's called the Fall or Fall. I think um, this is going to be really good. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. So best, the, the, I've just got a really tiny synopsis because I was going off uh, IDMP, which is it's the most dullest synopsis for this film. Best friends Becky and Hunter find themselves at the top of a 2,000 foot radio tower. That's that's it. <laughs> there is a trailer for this. Yeah, I've seen it. So uh, I saw this before I even knew it was at Firefest. I think I, I tagged oh. you and Paul, and I'm sure I did. It looks amazing. So yeah, it just it it it's sort of like obviously a disaster film, isn't it? They they go climbing up this massive thin radio tower, and it's the ladder falls off, and then obviously they're right. stuck up there. And, what uh, you need to what you need to think about this film is that we're gonna. I I'm fucking shit scared of heights. I'll be honest now, right? But we'll be watching this in an IMAX screen. It's yeah. gonna be fucking crazy. It's gonna be late. Would well, you? What's our train tickets and stuff? Are they like open? Yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll be grand. I mean, definitely never... want to see more. So, looks really good. It's got Jeffrey Dean Morgan in it as well. So, mm. but yeah. So that was uh, Monday. There are some good alternatives on the Monday, though, aren't there? Well, you tell us, Paul, because I did. You, you guys not do your it? goddamn fucking homework? Because I looked at every goddamn movie. Everybody dies at the end. Looks really interesting. Um. There was another one. I'm going to cut all the stuff in between, but there was another one. <laughs> you forgot to talk about fucking Power Tool Cheerleaders versus the boy band of the Screeching Dead. That's yeah, the problem. We, all, we all know that would be right on my street, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, you might go and watch the four, and I might go and watch the Power Tool Cheerleaders versus the boy band of the Screeching Dead. It's like uh, Anna and the Apocalypse. But it'll be shit, but it'll be good. I don't really know. Fucking, like, uh, strippers versus werewolves, that sort of thing. That's what I've got in my head. It'll be pants, but I don't know. At the same time, I think it'll really be good. I don't know. There you go. That's what I'm fighting about in my head at the moment. <laughs> you tell us what it's like, Paul. <laughs> oh, there we go. But fucking hell, there's some treats. Oh, my God. Top of my list is Terrified 2 by a fucking country mile, but followed closely by Pussy Cake. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's some fucking treats here, man. Like, all, all of Thursday look absolutely great. It's hard to pick, there's hard to pick breaks. That's the problem. There is hard to just like go, oh yeah, I want to break there. Maybe Saturday, maybe take away that fucking black and white piece of shit, then we'll probably be alright, but, um, yeah. I don't know, man. This is going to be hard. I'm going to be ratty. Might cry a little bit. <laughs> Oh, you can go back to the fucking cocoon and cry. Well, as long as it ain't fucking heat wave like it is this uh, this week, we'll be all right, right? Ooh, it's going to 
be hard. Yeah, it's not working or not. Well, I'm just going to defer to you guys. So whatever you want to go and say, I'm, I'm easy, sir. So. Cool. Okay. Well, let's go after Pussy Cake and Dog Soldiers. So we'll say that a couple more times. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Pussy Cake. <laughs> awesome discussion. Cannot bloody wait. Fuck yeah. Bring it on. Terrified to 140 minutes. Oh my god. Um, my ass is gonna hurt. Let's move on to our movie from the vault. But I'm worried now that legend about the corner. Nobody ever got killed by a legend back in a flash and if i'm not don't come looking for me Okay, on to our movie from the vault. And this one is Doom Asylum from 1987. A horribly disfigured lawyer, wrongfully pronounced dead after a terrible car accident, is taken to an asylum for dissection, only to come back alive, kill everyone, and make the asylum his killing grounds. I heard a big sigh then. <laughs> Butch, start it wasn't you. me. <laughs> Go on, Butch, you start. Has uh, Lloyd Kaufman got anything to do with this movie? This feels like a fucking like tra- nope. like a trauma trauma. It does. Like it's tra- very trauma. Yeah. Very very trauma. Um, I fucking thought that the dialogue was absolutely spot on. The cinematography <laughs> was just absolutely incredible. All the the storyline just made sense. Um, and I just think it followed a very linear... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to get there. I thought you were actually going to finish and get there. You fucked it right at the end. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. What can we what do? I mean, it's, the, the, the dialogue was fucking absolutely... It's, it, it reminded me of a trauma movie, and it had that trauma. It had that trauma charm, um, with maybe not being as good. But there were some fucking dorky, douchey characters in this in this thing. Um, what was going on with that? I mean, what did you say with the synopsis was again? <laughs> the lawyer about the lawyer. We basically get like a lawyer crashes a car. He, and he doesn't look hurt, and then he suddenly is half his face is missing, and he comes back alive in an autopsy for whatever reason. Fine, uh, and then a load of kids discover this abandoned asylum and do a bit of sunbathing with uh, what's the face from Sex and the City, <laughs> and um, they try and fight a girl punk band um, who keep flashing their tits at them. And at the same time, getting picked off one by one by the same lawyer at the start. 
there's a little that's basically what the movie is why oh why right am i did i miss something did, it, did i have the wrong dvd because so there was a crash at the start and the girl his partner died right yeah she was rich i think yeah and then she the same daughter appeared later who got all the money 10 years later yeah right fine but she didn't look that hurt. He didn't oh. look <laughs> like he had massive facial injuries at the start. Am I wrong? You're not wrong at all, Paul. And do you know but, what? I actually rewound it to make sure I didn't miss it. So it, it, they crash the car. She's dead. He's alive. And then the next scene is him on an autopsy. He's screaming. He's like, no, no. And then the next scene, he's on an autopsy table, mangled. It makes no sense. He, I, I don't know if they missed a bit out where he was set on fire or something or whatever. But. <laughs> did the car blow up? What the fuck did we miss? But anyway, it's just tongue in cheek. It's, it's tongue in cheek cheese with some like good bits of gore. What, and have a, what have a I did, I've got. I've got to say just real quickly. The autopsy scene is hilarious because if you look carefully, it's shot in the asylum. And if you look behind them, all the windows are smashed and everything. Because I was, I was thinking, why, why are the windows smashed behind them in the autopsy? Because they they used the same fucking room where they shot the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I couldn't believe it. I was like, all the windows are smashed in. That's weird. But I will say one thing. I did quite like the special effects in the. I think they spent all their money in that autopsy scene. Yeah, because then his face got really shit. Rubbery, yeah, like a mask, wasn't it? Yeah. I wrote great makeup at the start. And it, was, then I wrote, it was good at the start. It was good. Okay, tongue-in-cheek, over and over again. Over and over again. <laughs> and then at some points I wrote dumb as, dumb as fuck. And I, at some point I went, oh my God, this is awesome. Um, there was, Yeah, I, I, I had a roller coaster of emotions with this one. Um... Yeah. What was the name of the band again? Tina and the something. The Tots. Tina and the Tots. That's it, yeah. They were great. They they were a lyrical masterpiece. Torpedo um, tits. Torpedo tits and great one-liners. What, I mean, what's the face from uh, Sex and the City in a bikini all the way through it, pretty much? And a mate? Who was like playmate of the year? Don't if you don't know if you all knew that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking well, random in the car. Can we just go back to the whole? Uh, so she's obviously the daughter of the woman who died in the car crash ten years later. She's oh, you want to go back to the plot? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just I, I want to when I get there, and she's obviously reliving her mother dying randomly you think it's i don't know i I thought oh they're going back to so she can sort of reconcile where her mother died that 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 wasn't a a thing at all and then she gets there and then asks her boyfriend to be her mother so fucking weird i'll be your mom if if you want me to and she's like okay mom and then there's a point where he picks up a condom off and goes, well, shall we? And she goes, no, it'll be like incest. 
I was like, what <laughs> is going on? I mean, on? that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, poor Mike <laughs> and it, poor Mike and his, uh, is uh, what, what's my what's my character development? Are you you are a bumbling idiot who can't make a decision? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going this way. Or am I? I'm really angry with you. Or am I? That's <laughs> like what the fuck? He's <laughs> a fucking buffoon. But he's but he's fucking great. Because I'm sorry, that was one of the best scenes I've ever seen in a long time. On the fight with the with uh, <laughs> Kiki or whatever her name was on the rooftop. That was, like, that, that, that was in competition with, like, the fight in um, They Live. Oh. <laughs> for ages. The choreography, for sure. <laughs> the, um, the, the comedy dong off the drum. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he was winning. He wasn't really doing anything. She was I, like just... the, I like the fact that she was eating a random bucket of chicken as well. It was quite interesting. Yeah. And then he fl- she flung him off the roof. And then somehow he got the energy just to... <laughs> Fly yeah. off the roof. He's so on the that, roof screaming, going, I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall. Then he hears someone scream and he just vaults over the wall. <laughs> the water balloons was weird. Um, I hate, I hate that. You thought they were water balloons? Well, they were condoms, weren't they? But where the fuck did they get the water from? I don't really understand that. That was funny. Uh, I hate rap music and don't call me honey. There's another little line. Darnell. Darnell? What and the his... fuck was going on with the oh. slow-mo Darnell moments? <laughs> Did you notice though at the end the change? So the first one they were all like kissing and cuddling and stuff and then the next one she just jumped on top of him and was like riding him. <laughs> Abs- I... Totally, utterly absurd. Hey baby, I'm going to make, what was it? I'm going to show you, make you feel like I'm God or something. I'm the presence of God. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he got punched in the dick. <laughs> that's why he was hanging off the ledge because he got punched in the dick I thought that was great but he, but at the same time this fucking lawyer dude is going around killing them off one by one with the, some of the staggeringly worst editing we've seen in a long time maybe from Spookies I don't know man it's just like he was just k- killing them and then he was watching a horror like a weird black and white horror movie it's like what he's going he's killing them and going back to his like little lair over and over again. Yeah, but then he was like in his lair. Then all of a sudden he was in a corridor, and then he was up on top. And they used that shot of him walking through that tunnel about five times. Yeah, there was a great line from uh, What's Her Face. Something about I can't remember exactly what it was. It was something about money, sex, charge card at Bloomies because <laughs> they were having that really like distraction fight and stuff like that. There's some great one-liners in this. The dialogue was utterly bonkers um it, it made no sense and it, it, it was charming there's some really dodgy edits and some weird torture bit and and also suddenly what's the face it gets turned into a cube <laughs> a sausage <laughs> cube the hand sticking out well, i mean what 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 the fuck it was sort of like a wallace and gromit wasn't it she just got sent into that little conveyor belt and came out as a Cube. <laughs> that was the weirdest, weirdest thing. I mean, a massive fight again, where she's beating the fucking shit out of him with a pole. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was weird because he, she, her strikes looked very like she had something fake to hitting him with, and then it, his strikes were like fierce, and he had like a real twirl, and obviously had to duck. I don't know. That fight was weird, but you know. Yeah, but. 
He didn't kill her. The he didn't put her in that machine. <laughs> oh yeah, it's true. She, got, she, she fell in. One press the button. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh my god! And then obviously you get to the point where he, he reveals his motivation for killing these people is that he thinks that the daughter is his missus that died in a car crash. So randomly he's doing it for her. Which makes no sense whatsoever. Because <laughs> how would so, it... so his daughter, and he was coming. He was almost. It, it's not his daughter. His daughter. Yeah. Because at the start, that's what it is. He's a divorce lawyer, and he's just got the payout for his like mistress, essentially. So I think she was his client, but she was also seeing him. Because mm-hmm. at the start, like they say, "Oh, we're going to pack the kid away to the boarding school. We don't give a shit." Um. But yeah, it's just, just. A, a, a mess of a film, wasn't it? <laughs> the a, kills a, were alright, to be fair. A the acid beautiful head. mess, I like to say. A beautiful mess. The, the I thought acid, the, the, the drill to the head was pretty cool. Ah, oh, the, the, the fucking idiot with the cards. The baseball cards. <sighs> oh, God. Oh, the cards don't work. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, he's fucking... Yeah, he, he needed to die sooner. Yeah. But, the, only, uh, the only kill that was a bit shit was the, the Darnell, to be honest. How did he die? Did he just squash his head? Yeah, but he, he didn't look like he was getting pressed that hard. <laughs> it's like a stethoscope to the head. Ooh. I love the fact that they always had time to kind of get a, a kind of one-liner in before they died. <laughs> that was not funny. If you're a delusion, if you're a delusion, uh, how do I deal with it? But if you... What was it? Yeah, if you're not a delusion, uh, maybe I can interest you in some therapy. Just run away! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was fucking nuts, yeah. That her, ho- ki- her kill was quite uh, grisly, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, they <laughs> obviously did the, you know, created a head for her and stuff like that, didn't they? It was. I'll tell you what was weird, though. I, I was watching it on kind of Blu ray, because I got the Arrow Blu ray. And. It almost looked it was it looked so crisp it almost looked like it was like shot now. Yeah. It was so clear and it was almost like a spoof movie. So it was re- a really good restoration. Yeah, so like, I, I agree I, re- I really agree with that. But yeah, what a fucking cheese on toast. Sort of like street ugh, you can't say it's as good as street trash, but it was just like yeah. like, random. Random as fuck. More, please. <laughs> and was he dead at the end? Yeah, he got stabbed in the throat, didn't he, with the mirror? So she it, found it his eye, though? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, she stabbed him through the eye. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Right, come on. Matt's facts. Okay. That's the important bit. Okay. Ruth Collins, that played Tina, was paid $100 to bear her breasts in this film. <laughs> so I watched, I did actually dive into some, uh, like, extras of this movie at the end, because I was intrigued to see some of the interviews with some of them, and she was like, she didn't actually disclose on the interview how much she was paid. Uh, but originally, there was absolutely nothing in her contract for nudity. Um, and they basically debated it over it, over it for a while. And then they basically came out with a figure and she was happy with that figure. And so she did it, which was random to say the least. 
This movie was shot on location in an actual abandoned sanatorium in Verona, New Jersey. It was actually a real place. I did think the set was actually quite cool, to be fair. Maybe not used in its con- total capacity, but but it was it was kind of kind of cool. Um, the graffiti of Metallica's Metallica Kilmore can be seen during the opening credits. A thrash metal heavy band, uh, metal band, the debut studio album Kilmore was recorded between the period of May 10th and the 27th, 1983, and released on July 25th with the independent label Megaforce Records. As is throughout the film, I thought. I was surprised they didn't get sued by Metallica for that one. Um, and there's also band names sprayed on the walls. Led Zeppelin, um, Dead Zeppelin, Exodus, Ozzy Osbourne, Suicidal Tendencies, Black Sabbath, Pink Floyd and Wasp. I'm sure there's a few more in there as well. Um, I haven't got many other kind of facts apart from 11 kills in this movie. Which is quite big. I didn't imagine it was that many kills, but it was. The extras are worth a watch because there's some interesting stuff. But that is my Matt's fact. Sorry, there wasn't more. Literally, there wasn't many. Don't you know? Okay, fair enough. Um, How are we ranking this bad boy? Let's go. Geordie Paul. (laughs) Do you know what, right, lads? Um, I was sort of comparing it a bit to Puppet Master last week, um, but actually, I actually quite enjoyed watching this one. Because it was just stupid, and I sort of found myself laughing, like especially the fight scene, and uh, I did laugh more than I probably should have at torpedo tits, to be fair. Uh, but um, I'm going to go down the middle. I'm going to go five out of ten. I think that's fair. I, I, I would go with um, five out of ten. There was some good um, special effects, um, but it was fucking random as fuck. But I love watching random as fuck movies. But yeah, five out of ten for me. I mean, I thought it was random fuck, but I'm going like 7 out of 10. So I thought it was fucking funny as fuck. Yeah. Everything that I wanted it to be. <laughs> Definitely fucking critical quality. So what's that? Draw one last breath. You know, 5 out of 10, 5, 6 out of 10. <laughs> trying to put it up to a 6. We'll give it a 6. Let's give it a 6. Yeah, all right. Okay. Let's six out of 10. All right. Cool. That was good, man. It's good. Um, okay, I guess that leads us on to our next movie from the vault, which is Geordie Paul. Why don't you let us know what we'll be watching next time? Well, well, in a bit of synergy, for reasons that you'll obviously know when I say the film, uh, <laughs> this is a bit of the theme of the podcast, Liv, Pussy Cake. So I'm going to go 1996, you mentioned it a few weeks ago, From Dust Till Dawn. Ah! <laughs> Okay. Pussy, pussy, pussy. Pussy, pussy, pussy. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that's I haven't thing. seen it in so long, and I just thought, you know what, let's give it a I've go. I got it on DVD. All good. Yeah, I've got, got it. Got a signed copy. Oh, Tom Savini. And Kurtzman, I think. Oh. oh double nice. signature. Naughty. Yes. Awesome. Good shout. Great fucking talk, lads. Like talking about Prey. That was fucking good. Fright Fest is coming up. We got nope. Thanks everyone for listening. Hope you're all getting excited as us about Fry Fest. Hope we see you all there. Um, moving on to episode 110, we will be doing Jordan Peele's Nope. Um, our something to scream about. We will be discussing and bringing and letting you know as soon as we know. Um, and our moving the vault. Paul's picked 
an absolute treat. Robert Rodriguez, fucking uh, Dust or Dawn, fantastic. And that has only one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at DrawOneLast, Instagram at DrawOneLastBreath, or pop us an email at DrawOneLastBreath pod at hotmail.com.